You're listening to Art City Now. Welcome, my friends, to Art City Now, the podcast that looks at the art scene in different cities and its current form. I'm your host, Troy Ramos. Right now, we're in the middle of our series on Battle Creek, Michigan, a city of about 55,000 people in the American Midwest. In this second episode, we'll take a look at the local film, theater, and television scenes here, talking with three guests who are deeply involved in those communities. Terry Noel of the What To Do Theater Company, Brad Poor, theater instructor and program coordinator at Kellogg Community College, and Tom Morris of Access Vision Battle Creek, where anyone in the community can take a class and then forever use their super awesome equipment to make movies, films, and also use their studios to make television shows. What a deal! Even, even though good shows are being made, I wonder why, I've always wondered why there aren't more, many, many more shows being created with a sweet deal like that. I forgot to ask Tom why more people aren't taking advantage of that, so I'll, I guess I'll have to do it here. Why, Tom, why? People should be more courageous and just go for it, don't you think? Make a TV show. You never know where stars are going to come from. Speaking of where stars come from, throughout this episode number two, we'll hear tiny little clips of famous celebrities uh, who were from Battle Creek and became international stars. Uh, the Battle Creek kings and queens of the little and silver screen. People like this. How would you like to swing on a star? Carry moving home in a jar? And be better off than you are? Or would you rather be a lamb? A lamb is an actress with soft, charming ways. They want in all of Shakespeare's plays. Her voice is quiet, and she's so refined. Are you kidding? You lost your mind? You better shut your trap, grab your coat and cap, and then scram. How would you rather be a lamb? That was Battle Creek's own Betty Hutton singing with the eternal Bing Crosby. Betty Hutton, most of you don't know this because it was way before all our times, but she was huge in the 1940s and 50s, uh, singing, dancing, and acting her way into major movies with Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire, Bob Hope, even starring in Cecil B. DeMille's The Greatest Show on Earth with Charlton Heston. Just a little historical tidbit for you. So, as we fast forward to today, we'll look at the active theatrical stages of Battle Creek, video or analog, chatting with people who know all about it. So, thank you for joining us. Let's continue to explore the art scene of Battle Creek with this episode number two on Battle Creek, local film, theater, and television, now on Art City Now. Art City Now is a production of Art House 43 and is made possible in part by the Battle Creek Community Foundation, with the mission to promote giving, build endowment, and provide leadership to improve quality of life, creating a way for people of all means to give back to their communities since 1974. And by Meyer, committed to strengthening the communities they serve since 1934. By the Art Center at Battle Creek, since 1948 devoted to providing the community with arts and culture. And from support by our generous donors on our GoFundMe campaign, your support as always, means everything. What to Do Theatre Company of Battle Creek is a professional theatre company and has been producing plays in the city for over nine years. 
Currently, as of late 2018, what to do is transitioning into their exciting new space downtown in the heart of the city. So you can find out more info on their current season at whatodo.org. I talked with what to do's general manager, Terry Noel, who also oversees a lot of the many youth programs they have. I asked her about what to do and what a typical season looks like for them. And then the main stuff, I hate to say main. Main stage, yeah, that's what we call it. Okay, sure. So that happens like in the from the fall until the spring. Yep. So each season, uh, Randy Wolf, who's not able to be with us today, but Randy Wolf is our uh, artistic director, so he picks the season. And Randy has definitely his uh, main vision for this theater is to do some cutting edge and thought provoking. So. Although in the youth, we do like these mini lessons to teach kids about theater. Uh, Randy kind of takes that and tries to apply it to the community as well. And we've picked shows in the past. We've done um, To Kill a Mockingbird. We've done Diary of Anne Frank. Um, We just did Angels in America. So topics that can be controversial topics um, that educate the community in a different way that they may not have seen before in an intimate setting. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're very close to the stage. So you can feel like you're almost on the stage with the actors. Actors and the characters, and we've done several talkbacks and things like that with the, uh, the 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 different shows that we do. So the main stage shows, um, we just kind of pick a variety. We try to pick, you know, that cutting edge, but we try to pick uh, different things like comedies and stuff that we can do um, that the community will enjoy, but also learn from and kind of create discussion and spark discussion. And that's really Randy's. Uh, he's very big on that and. Mm-hmm. Um, drawing the community together in that aspect. So our main stages, we do usually four to five shows per year, and um, we are we get critiqued by the state through a company called Encore Michigan. They come in, and um, we've been nominated almost every year for different awards. We've won three awards for all of our work out here. That's a state-recognized award um, that's goes along like uh, other other theaters in the area, like Farmer's Alley, Barn Theater. We're all part of that encore. So um, we all get looked at and yeah. critiqued on those. So encore is like a publication that's state-run? It, it, it's Encore is out of, um, I believe it's in the, I, I should know this, it's in the uh, Detroit area. And oh, okay. they, they have different uh, critics that come to different mm-hmm. areas and they'll, interview our theater but it's a really great resource too they're a good company um so they they pretty much support all theaters within this area and detroit area mainly on that side of the the east side and kind of over here on the side of the state but they do they look at the different shows and kind of put them up against each other but like if you go up against or if you go to their website they also promote like all of us together so you can look at what's going on in the community at um, here at What to Do, you can see like it's on their main page, and they'll show yeah. what's coming up this weekend in all of the Michigan area. So it's actually mm-hmm. a really neat resource. For a long time, What to Do Theater has been located close to the Barn Theater, which is Michigan's oldest professional summer theater in a barn. This year, the barn is running its 72nd season of plays and musicals, and their 72 seasons have seen a host of famous Barneys perform celebrities including Dana Delaney of Tombstone, Tom Wolpat, and Jennifer Garner. But another big theatrical institution is the theater department at Kellogg Community College. Brad Poor is the program coordinator and theater instructor at KCC, and I asked him about their schedule and where theater lovers in BC need to be going. So if somebody is interested in the theater here, or they want to be, what are, where do they need to go? What are they missing? What, what are the things in this city that happen um, 
theater-wise that people should be paying attention to? Uh, well, I think, as I said before, what, what we do here at KCC is we have essentially four productions uh, during the school year, during the fall and the, the spring semester specifically. Um, we do a straight play, a non-musical in the fall, and then we do a musical in the spring. Um, in addition to those two kind of main stage performances, uh, depending on the year and what kind of student involvement we have, we have uh, a theater club on campus, the Encore Theater Company, and they'll sometimes put up their own independent productions as well. They're all um, arranged by uh, students and community members. Um, and then we also have, as a byproduct of my Acting One class that we do every semester, which is really one of those classes that I get maybe one or two people a semester that are that want to be actors, that like want to audition for Western or someplace. And everybody else are nursing majors and ed majors and, you know, all kinds of people of all kinds of career stripes. They, as their final project, put on a show that's called Mishmash, with M-I-C-H, Mash. Um, because a lot of the material that comes into it is more localized. It's about what life's like in BC or what it's like to look at things from Michigander's eyes or from their own kind of personal view of the world. Um, and that show, Mishmash, uh, which happens at the end of every semester, is that class's final project, but also I get community members who've taken that class previously that come back to put in a piece into it. And it's constructed out of, uh, and essentially the format for it is, is ripped off of my favorite theater company in Chicago, which are called the Neo-Futurists. They have a a wing in Chicago and then in New York. And I think they've got one on the West Coast now too. Um, and they did a show for a really long time for like 30 something years called Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind. And the way that show works was it's 30 plays in 60 minutes. So some of those plays are five minutes long. Some of them are five seconds long. And the actors, the performers in those plays oftentimes aren't really acting. They're not playing characters they're playing themselves and they write all those pieces based off of real life experience and kind of their own personal uh, viewpoints of the world. It's not about trying to create a character. It's about showing, using your own voice to tell a story or to make a statement. Um, so my students in those classes do that at the end of every semester. And that show, that mishmash show is completely free at the end of every semester. Um, we do at least sometimes more than 30 plays in 60 minutes Oftentimes there's like a short film or two that's thrown into there too. If I've got like a acting for the camera class that's running, they'll throw their kind of short film into the mix as well. And then the audience, the other thing that's crazy about it is everything's from the brains of the, the students in that class. And then the audience decides the running order of it on the fly as the show happens. They get a list of all the titles of the pieces and they're literally yelling at the end of one piece for whatever one they want to hear next. And we draw the numbers down as it goes and cross off all the pieces so you get this feel of like an improv show because you don't know what's coming next, but it's all rehearsed. The actors, for the most part, know you know what all the pieces are. I just don't know what order they're all going to happen in. Right. So we do those. Um, and then our two main stage shows. And then you've got, uh, obviously, most folks in the area know about the Barn Theater in the summertime. Mm -hmm. um, they draw folks from all over the state. Um, really uh, amazing atmosphere and high quality of work and a... Uh, just a really cool place to see a show. How many times can you say you saw a play you know, in a literal barn? Um, and then the What to Do Theater Company, who we partnered with on a production a few years back um, and have um, an amazing appreciation for the work that they do 
what's really awesome about what to do is you've got true uh, professional level talent, not only on stage, but also directing the shows and also building the, the technical elements of the show. Many of them are folks who have uh, either graduated from Western and lived and worked in Chicago and New York and places like that and just happen to be living and working in the area here and they do this what to do stuff as well. And the other thing that's cool about seeing a show there is that they have a really small, intimate space. And a lot of people, especially uh, in an area like Battle Creek where the, the majority of folks don't go and see plays regularly, what they did see growing up was they saw, you know, Romeo and Juliet or whatever musical at their high school in their cafe gymatorium or in whatever, you know, auditorium they had, big, huge proscenium theater. So to go and see a show in a room that only seats 50 people, maybe, and you're jammed up on top of those actors and they're right there in their fa- in your face, it's like watching a movie with you being in the middle of the movie. So um, I tell all the students that come through here that that's really important to try to go and see a theater experience like that where you're, there's not this big, huge, invisible wall separating you from the actors with 30 feet of distance. You're right there in the middle of it because it makes the experience much more uh, palpable as far as the emotional content goes. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, right now, as I said, it comes and it goes. Um, we've got, there's some children's theater opportunities here, and we are very fortunate in Battle Creek here to be close enough to uh, great theaters in Coldwater and all the other smaller towns, not to mention all the stuff that goes on in Kalamazoo for all ages. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough to have traveled kind of all over this country in between my undergrad and my grad school just based off of my early professional experience. And I know how special an area like this is to have the amount of theater and arts that we do in a population size that we have here is pretty unheard of um, across the board in in the U.S. Um, So on the one hand, everybody's really lucky to have what we have around here. And on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of work that we try to do in making them aware of how lucky they are to have it and to get out and kind of get involved with it and experience it. Access Vision of Battle Creek is another major theatrical-like entity in the city, providing a platform for artists to make film, videos, and television. Before we get into the experience and the connection between Access Vision and the city, I first asked Tom Morris of Access Vision to give us an idea of what they are. If you have a passion or you have a voice that you want to talk about, Uh, local government, uh, art, culture, pop culture, a hobby, cooking, anything that you want to discuss in the realm of video and you want to show, we provide the equipment and the training to learn how to create your own program. And from there, you air it on Access Vision, you can air it on YouTube, so that would be worldwide, our video on demand and our live stream, channel 1617. Our website is accessvision.tv, and also our Facebook page is Access Vision. That's where you can find us. We've been around ever since 1989, over 25 years of serving the community. Our motto is your voice, your community, because that's what we do. We give you your voice to create the content, to uh, talk to your community. Now a community is worldwide. And you produce, there's, there's a number of shows that are produced at 
Access Vision the site, right? You've got mm-hmm. uh, Dave Eddy has a show still. Yes, Dave Eddy, and they're on hiatus for the summer. They come back in the fall. Okay. Be seen on air. Sure. Sherry Sherbin's show that they is on hiatus as well into the fall. It's kind of like the summer break everyone has. Yeah. Those are two prominent shows that we show on Access Vision. Also, um, we have a city show, um, and I'm sorry I forget the name, but that is one of the shows that every month that um, we talk about what is um, that is produced in the studio talks about what is going on in the city of Battle Creek, mm. and then volunteers will use the studio to make shows of their own as well. I, I these these are all available online, so you can go and watch some of these shows like Be Seen on Air, correct? Uh, yes, Dave Eddy's. Uh, What's it, I can't remember the name of this show. Face to face with Dave Eddy. Dave Eddy. Dave Eddy's been around for a long time. Oh yes, he has. He is. Uh, I think they call him like the unofficial mayor of Battle Creek because <laughs> he's been around the community and he's yeah. a resource of information. And the one show I was just talking about earlier, keeping you informed, is the show that is once a month that Battle Creek talks about what is going on in Battle Creek community and the government and the government agencies, and there's a lot of great information on what's going on. But Dave Eddy, as well, is a great information. Be Seen on Air, Sherry Sherbin is a great source of information of what's going on in the community. Maybe talk about the parades or events or other events that are going on. The Art Walk, talk, maybe talking about that, bringing the directors in, talking about the initiatives that's going on in Battle Creek. Yes, Dave Eddy's been around for a long time. They're almost like talk shows. These are like yes, Battle Creek are. talk shows. Like mm-hmm. uh, Letterman and Leno for the national uh, on the national scene, and then you've got... These two shows are shows like it that, yes. that bring in community people from different mm-hmm. areas and they just have a conversation for an hour. Exactly. You can find that on accessvision.tv slash video on demand because we put up the shows, Be Seen on Air, we put up Dave Eddy, we put up the government meetings, high school sports, and anything that is staff produced we put up on our video on demand website. And also, if there's talk shows that are put up by the volunteers, we will... Um, when they give us permission to, we put them up on our YouTube channel, Access Vision Connect, or sometimes the volunteers themselves have their own YouTube channel that we help them create. Another native Battle Creekan to go on to success in the big screen was the actor John Kitzmiller. Kitzmiller was stationed in Italy during World War II, then after the war ended he stayed in Italy where his acting career skyrocketed. He ended up making over 40 European films, including the leading role in Senza Pieta, a film whose screenplay was written by the legendary Italian director Federico Fellini. And in 1957, Kitzmiller became the first black actor to win a Best Actor Award at the famous Cannes Film Festival for his role in the Slovenian film Valley of Peace. But Kitzmiller is perhaps most famous for his role as Quarrel in the 1962 James Bond film Dr. No, starring opposite the great Sean Connery. Well, if it ain't my friend, what gets addressed is mixed. You got the right one this time if you likes good eating. I do, if the uh, conversation matches it. Back at the ball, too public. In there, it's different. Well, after you. Sure thing. Hey, man, you see we get a bit of privacy. Nothing but, Coral, nothing but. 
In talking with my guests about locally made film, theater, and television, two themes that kept coming up were not only what sort of connection are they making with the community, their support, and the strength of the relationship, but also what sort of experience people were having. I started off by posing these questions to Terry of What To Do. Do you notice that uh, the performances are, there's a strong connection between what you're doing and the community? Um, I think we... I think we get strong support com from the community in the sense of like the whenever we are trying to put up something we get we're able to collaborate a lot with the community and because of that and the outcome of that we we get people that come in here and support us but you, we get across the board so I think being in Springfield is an interesting spot for us to be in because um, we will get a lot of support in, from our shows and different organizations. Like I said, we do talkbacks, and um, we get to do really neat things. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, but then I'll, I'll go somewhere, and I'll have the What To Do logo on my back, and someone will be like, where is that theater? And, and you'll explain it's right in between there, and people, people seem to have an interest, and they just had no idea that there's theater here in the community. Mm -hmm. So you've got the people that know, and then you have people that don't have any idea. And I feel like the youth has also like kind of bridged that gap, too, because kids are starting to come here, so they're kind of people are seeing their shirts in the area and sure. asking about it. Um, so yeah. I think, I guess in general, just sorry to go back to your question, yeah, no. we... We do get support, um, but it's kind of like a 50-50. There's people that know, and there's a lot of community support as far as organizations go, but sometimes, um, as audience-wise, we um, it can be a hit or miss. Yeah. I guess it depends. Like, sometimes it takes a long time to build up a, a, a relationship. Yeah. Because you've been in this location for a few years. Yeah. Not super, it's not like 50 years or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So if you get, whenever you get to the point where it's been a few decades, then people know where it is and yep. they know what what to expect and when the performances are happening, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think, uh, I feel like we're always establishing ourselves, and I think it's always the type of shows we do too. In addition to our experience with theater, I asked Brad Poor how we even go about describing this experience, if we even can. It's hard to it's hard to uh, vocalize experience, at the, maybe harder than we think it is. Like if you go to a play here, or you you see a ten minute film or a thirty minute film, there may be something that's transcending our ability to talk about it online. If you're not there in real life, seeing a a, a play on the stage, or you're you see a film in a theater rather than at home. There's those different experiences, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah. you're you're trying to 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 use the form of poetry and writing to explain what you think about something that's theater or or film or video. That gets like almost. Did you like the movie? Well, explain to me through the art of dance what you thought of that movie. Yeah, yeah. it's like a different art form altogether. Oh yeah, absolutely. Being able to talk about it. And, yeah. and communicate that. Yeah, I mean. People, everybody has to understand that any work of art that you see is being given to you through someone else's voice. And your vision or the way that you hear or see that voice is has its own kind of filter. And then to be able to kind of explain that to somebody else. Um, and then you added to that the difficulty of interpreting it and then you also add the layer of us living in a culture that's all about it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down thing hmm. is it amazing or does it suck those are the only two options <laughs> so you can't 
do, do I need to boycott it and like completely pile hate on it and encourage all of my friends to not be any, go anywhere near it? Or do I need to say everyone must see this or you're not a good human being? There's kind of no middle ground there. Um, so again, it's about subtlety. It's about here's what it means to me and being subtle about it and being um, personally, personally softening things by saying, here's my perspective, here's my opinion of it, doesn't make you any less powerful or less meaningful. It makes you more honest in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and having people experience art that challenges them, uh, whether that's from a, a cultural standpoint or just a, you know, a visual standpoint, you're um, showing somebody something that they wouldn't normally expect to be seen in that kind of an environment or context um, and trying to stretch people's boundaries and, and uh, having them get outside their own boxes a little bit. That's why that kind of stuff is important because then you start to realize not everybody's brain works the way that my brain does um, and that's why there are artists and maybe why I haven't tried to do this before. It doesn't mean I can't. It just means that their environment that they came up in um, and the way that their brain works causes them to create things like that, like this or to try to make statements like this. Um, and then maybe I can make a statement of my own mm. that might be a completely different perspective, but they, that's what the arts are really there for, you know, all of them. Brain empathy. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that, you, just, you just stepped right <laughs> into my second pit of quicksand, which is the first is objective and subjective, and the second is, is empathy. And it's really all about, uh, and there's, if there's a third leg to that stool for me, it's, it's uh, empathy, objectivity, and subjectivity, and context. Um, I kind of preach everything out of those three things. Uh, and empathy is obviously especially important in theater because theater is essentially empathy on steroids. It's the difference between putting yourself psychologically or logically into somebody else's shoes versus this actor is, is not literally wearing the dead guy's shoes, but they're trying to put themselves inside the way that person saw the world and look like them and move like them and behave like them. And by doing that, it helps the audience experience that empathic moment too of seeing themselves, even from a distance in a dark room with a bunch of strangers, when that person steps out on stage and gets shot, they know they're not really being shot, but you still have that emotional reaction to it mm -hmm. because of that empathic kind of little thing that's, that's, hardwired or softwired, I guess, in, in, in the back of all of this. Um, so we, we, I talk all the time about that difference between sympathy and empathy. You know, sympathy is, it sucks to be you. Empathy is, I've either been there, I know what you're feeling or what you're thinking, because I've been in that same situation, or at the very least, kind of extrapolating your own experiences and trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And it's that lack of empathy that causes so much conflict and so much um, bad stuff in our world when people start to look at things through each other's perspective and stop kind of putting the walls up psychologically between each other. That's really when issues get resolved more, much more permanently than through straight-up conflict. Mm. So um, it's huge. You know, it's, it's subtle, but it's also huge. We... Uh, going back to the whole digital culture thing, it's really easy 
for me to be unempathetic and go onto YouTube and write really, really crummy, really, really mean-spirited comments because I'm not looking that person in the, in the face, breathing the same air with them, um, shaking their hand before we have that conversation. I don't see their reaction to it afterwards um, versus a theatrical, a theater experience where you're physically in that same room with those people. That actor could very literally fall into your lap um, and you have to, uh, people who aren't used to that, put guards up and you have to kind of trust the actors and the actors have to trust the audience to a certain extent. Um, and it kind of creates that kind of psychological, uh, em- empathic kind of contract between people that we can go through all day these days and, and miss that. You work from home and you never leave your house and everything you do on a day-to-day basis is in that digital realm it's really easy to start to forget that other, or just to start to, yeah, lose track and forget that other people view the world differently than you do. Mm. You start to forget to have those those interactions. You lose the muscles to have those good interactions of going out into the world and interacting with everybody, from getting coffee to your job or the store, yeah, wherever absolutely. it is. Access Vision Battle Creek has a very different connection to its supporters, at least medium-wise, given that their content is viewable online and is available on local TV stations, although TV and cable, as we know, seems to have some serious challenges at its doorstep. So I wanted to know how Tom Morris felt uh, about that connection between Access Vision and the community and the insight local television can give you into that area's culture. We were were talking earlier about how... We talked a lot of things earlier. We talked a lot of things earlier, and one of them was... Uh, we were saying how we both like to watch local television. Um, at least for me, you know, you can go to the movies and see a, a major production of a movie that comes from California or New York, mm-hmm. and it might be great, but it's it's sort of organic. It comes from wherever they filmed it. So the great thing about uh, local film and television, like Access Vision, giving giving that sort of platform for people to, to have all these different shows is that it's, it's great because it's local. I love watching local television wherever I live or if I'm going to a hotel or staying in there. I like watching local television because it gives me an idea of what the culture is like there, where I'm at. Right. And that's sort of what, what you're talking about. Yes. Yes, because we, our programs come from um, volunteer-based. So at any given time, we can see what's going on in the community through what the volunteers do. And we are a resource. A lot of people... Maybe they want to learn how to produce the uh, show. Maybe they want to be YouTube famous or social media. And they have the technology there, but they want to get the training, how to present it in a way, how to add graphics, how to shoot something, color balance it, how to edit it in post. And we are a resource for them to learn these, uh, the language of video, art, and production. And then we see it on TV. We see it on YouTube. What is the flavor of the community? What is going on important in the community? So I'm always, when I talk to people, where do you work? I work at Access Vision. I don't even call it work because I love it so much, being able to work with volunteers, not even work with volunteers, being able to talk to the volunteers and discuss how they want to do a show, what is their message that they want to get, how can I help them add their own unique personality to it, 
And you're right, it is kind of a temperature of what is the community? What type of talent do we have in the community? What type of voices we have in the community? What type of people, what, is, what do they want to discuss? What do they want to engage the rest of the community, whether it's the local community or the worldwide community? Because we are a global community. We're all connected nowadays. Whether we did stuff earlier with our cell phones, social media, how are we connected and stay connected? Art City Now is produced by Art House 43, an arts organization dedicated to connecting the arts and communities. For more information and to pledge your support, please visit arthouse43.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Art City Now. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode as we continue our series on Battle Creek. Remember that you can support us by going to arthouse43.com and clicking on support. We cannot expect programs like this to continue if we continue to listen for free. If we value something, we need to ensure it has financial support too. If we say that information is free, then we're saying that in the information age, everyone is worthless. There is no such thing as free information, so please show us how much you value our work by going to arthouse43.com and clicking on support. And please also support us by sharing these episodes and by following us on all social media at arthouse43. All right, friends, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now. Art City Now! Art City Now! Art City Now!